Board Gaming with Education, a podcast for anyone curious about how games and education mix. We explore various topics like game-based learning, gamification, and board games, and the impacts they have on learning. Here's your host, Dustin Stats. Welcome to Board Game with Education, episode number 73. We are getting closer to those triple-digit podcasting numbers soon very soon but today's episode we have a special guest maybe well in my book the most special guest on the show we have grace with maury my wife and we talk about two games from the board game company capital gains studio the two games we talk about are wonga mania and cryptocurrency these are two games that we kind of go over and talk about what they're like to play and we also talk about maybe some implications they might have in the classroom. So just a, I guess, a, maybe a warning that Grace and I are both not economics teachers or professors. We don't really have a strong background in economics. So take what we say with a light grain of salt. I think we do a pretty decent job at thinking about the implications they might have in class. But as always, we love to hear from you. What do you think? Check out the games. Maybe they might be very useful in your classroom as well. Let us know what you think. You can always find us on social media, Board Game with Education, or podcast at boardgamewitheducation.com. Before we get into this week's episode, we want to thank our sponsors. They help keep this show going and help us really bring out some great content for you. This week's episode is sponsored by Fort Circle Games. They are a board game company that focuses on making board games grounded in history. And right now they have a Kickstarter out called The Shores of Tripoli. It looks like a fantastic game. You can play either as the brave United States Navy and Marines, or you can play as the fearsome Barbary Pirates. So it's a one to two player historical board game that plays in 45 to 60 minutes. You can find that right now on Kickstarter and support the game by Fort Circle Games. Just go to kickstarter.com and search for The Shores of Tripoli, or you can just check out our episode show notes and follow the link. All right, let's get to the conversation. Today, we are going to talk about, well, before, before I get started, who's here with me? Yeah, who is here with you? My name is Grace with Maury. I think you have heard me on the podcast before. Why are you so <laughs> special? Because I'm your wife. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so we have Grace here today and we're going to talk about a company, a board game company called Capital Gains Studio. And that's because we had the opportunity to play two of their games and they make very economic based games. So we're going to talk about the two games we played and hopefully in the future talk about a third game. But for now, just for this episode, we're going to talk about two. And we're going to look at these games with a first impression about the games and kind of think about them in a educational setting. So Grace and I are both not economics teachers. Or majors or anything like that. No background in that. Right, but I, I enjoy 
learning a little bit about economy and money management. So of course, I think everyone should understand that to a certain extent in just life. So the two games we are going to talk about is Wonga Mania and Cryptocurrency. Capital Game Studio has, they have a third game called Debtzilla, and that's a cooperative game where you fight as superheroes fighting the villain of Debtzilla by night. And we haven't had a chance to play that. Hopefully in the future, it looks like a lot of fun. It's kind of a card drafting dice management game from what I've read. I'm excited to try it, but we're going to talk about the other two games today. Yeah, so this past week, we've had the chance to play uh, Wonga Mania and Cryptocurrency, and I enjoyed both of them. They're pretty different in the way they play, but I think I learned a lot, especially in the Cryptocurrency one. Um, One thing that I really enjoy that they do is, besides the rule book, they have a little pamphlet in there that talks about what the game is about. So for example, Wonga Mania has a pamphlet of economic lessons and how it relates to the game. And the cryptocurrency has Crypto 101, which I was <laughs> reading very closely because that one kind of confused me. Um, so I really appreciate that because while Dustin was... Um, going over the rule book, I could learn a little bit about how the game related to like the real world. Yeah, I think we both learned a lot playing the games. We played cryptocurrency and we even had like a 10, 15 minute discussion about <laughs> cryptocurrency and what that was all about. I learned a bit because we even stopped playing. Well, we got like a round into the game before. <laughs> <laughs> before I was you, so confused. <laughs> you had to maybe understand because you understood how to play the game, but you didn't understand the theme of the game in cryptocurrency so we found a youtube video to kind of watch and i learned a couple things about uh the video or from the video yeah i mean so our listeners don't think i'm stupid i have heard of cryptocurrency before i've just um i just only heard of it in the sense that oh it's like this digital money almost like that um but i never really um delved into like like hashing i've heard what hashing is but with the game i wanted to really know like how it works in more detail what is hashing because (laughs) we don't want to confuse our listeners so hashing is just a term that they use for uh solving the problem in the crypto uh ledger i guess they call it so for me even (laughs) cryptocurrency is a bit still kind of not 100% clear to me either. And I, I think it's it's fair to not understand it fully. So definitely this game kind of helps you understand the basics of it. Yeah, and this game definitely helped um, open up those conversations about it too. Of, okay, why am I doing this? Who are these characters or these people on my team? And so I think it was good, especially since I only knew like the surface of it. I think it was a lot of fun. Right, so I think for sure, at the very least, <laughs> cryptocurrency has some tangential learning opportunities where you can kind of learn a little bit about cryptocurrency because you're curious. Right. But you did mention something that I also really love about the company, and I'm excited to 
to see what Depthzilla does about this is they include a couple of handouts of economic concepts with Wonga Mania and cryptocurrency concepts. And I think that one really cool thing they do too is they really tie in those concepts and explain how in the game they apply those economic concepts to the board game. Yeah, so like for example in Wonga Mania, that one, I think if you are just a human being in this world, you kind of know the economic cycle of recovery, growth, stagnancy, and recession, um, which is the cycle that is in the game. As just people in society, we're aware of these things, uh, but it's nice that it explains for those who might not necessarily know too much in detail what that means. And then under each explanation, it tells us how this concept is applied in the actual game. So it's not just teaching us about what these terms mean. It's also saying, okay, you'll see this played out in the game in this way. So I think if we're talking like as a teacher, just like as a person who wants to learn more, um, it's really helpful in kind of guiding you through that. Right. I think that it has some, another great example is in the game, you can you can invest in bonds. And in the game, they have three different kinds of bonds. And you kind of learn what, what is a bond and why why would you want to invest in, into, bond, into a bond in real life? And it kind of relates to your real economic situation or the real situation in the economy. And one example in the book, they have the generic bond, which is, and this is a quote from the book, which refers to A-rated a investment grade bonds give consistent income and is unaffected during recession. So I remember you had that bond in the game yes. and you continued to earn income with that bond. And you, even during the recession, when we were kind of paying money for our stocks and our property. Right. And I also like that I gave you a child <laughs> as a part of the game. You gave me a child, <laughs> no, thank you. Thank not you. in that way. Not Is in this real how life. You're, how you're sharing some news with me? <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> so part of the game is you can you have to think about risk management. So basically, another p player can hand you accidents or illnesses and things like that at any point in the game. And part of what I did was I handed you a baby, which um, costs you throughout the rounds. But actually, in the end, it was returning money to you, I believe, as the kid grew up. Um, so I didn't realize that at first. So my bad. I, yeah, I guess it I did on, not. <laughs> depends on what kind of kid you have. <laughs> yeah. But I think that actually I was talking about that during the game and it's kind of cool to see, especially because we lived over in Asia, is I think that's a very cultural difference is in the game, the baby, right? You have to pay until a certain, uh, I think the third round, the baby starts giving you income. And I think uh, maybe from an Asian cultural perspective, that's kind of the idea is that as you get older and you become an adult, you really give back to your parents. I mean, not that we don't do that <laughs> over here in the U.S., but it's I think it's stronger tied to filial piety, which is just a sense of really what respect for your elders. 
Right. So in the game, um, you're able to buy insurance. And in order to protect yourself from those illnesses or accidents, um, but babies are not covered by insurance, (laughs) which is why um, that was my first reasoning for giving it to you. And I basically wanted to get you that way but didn't realize it would help you in the end yeah eventually i i think i paid like three wonga dollars which it's wonga is the name of the currency in the game all these games take place in the same universe which i think is really cool that capital Games studios does as well but i I had to pay three wonga and then eventually the baby paid me i think it was like two wonga per round so i ended up i don't remember making like some money so that's a pro tip. Don't give the other player a baby. I mean, if it's your only option, which I don't think it ever would be. So the game does have a little bit of take that in the game, but what it does include is what Grace mentioned, the insurance. So you kind of have some ways to prevent that, or you can just run the risk and not really buy the insurance. And I hope. guess that's also real life. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of ties into real life, which is a very clever overall idea that these games do and then so that's a bit about wonga mania it's a fun economic game and you're trying to spread out or diversify your investments into property stock bonds to earn the most money at the end of the game to win and i think i beat you yes you you won in life i'm just kidding i think i was a little more concerned of getting you as opposed to really focusing on my own investments what's that tell you about life and your <laughs> philosophy on money so i probably should have uh, focused on my own thing um i did do some property investment and some bonds uh, but in the end it just wasn't focused enough yeah i think um it took you a round or two to kind of understand the strategy of the game And part of the game is at the beginning of each round, um, a dice is rolled, which determines what part of the economic cycle you're in. So, for example, uh, we're currently in recovery, but the next round we roll the dice and it looks like we're in the growth stage or in the recession. Um, So there is some planning that can be done, but it really depends on the roll of the dice of how quickly you move through the cycle. Um, which I was pretty bad at gauging how quickly we would move. And so I think that hurt me a little bit. All right, so that was Wonga Mania. Now, cryptocurrency, that game is a bit different. It has a push-your-luck element to it. There's a little stock, I guess, market that kind of fluctuates the types or it helps value or devalue the type of cryptocurrency you're going for so there's four different cryptocurrencies you can kind of mine and depending on how you mine or how you interact by buying and selling those cryptocurrencies the value of that cryptocurrency might go up or go down but then there's also like hidden information in the game to where at the end of the game you might find out that your cryptocurrency that you invested in mining a bunch of and holding on to at the end ends up being worth nothing because it's a scam cryptocurrency Uh, What did you think about cryptocurrency? So like we mentioned earlier, um, it did take me a while to wrap my head around this game a little bit longer than uh, Wanga Mania, mainly because of the fact that 
I wasn't clear about cryptocurrency to begin with, which you don't need to know what cryptocurrency is to play this game. But I really wanted to kind of have a better understanding of it. And so as I was playing, I was like wanting to know how it related in real life, which I think if you play this with students, that would be a perfect mentality you want your students to be in. Um, but I think I kind of slowed the game down because we stopped to watch a video of uh, what cryptocurrency is in a little more detail. Um, but I overall really enjoyed it. As you play the game, you create a team. And at first you start off with a group of interns. As the game progresses, you pay to add different types of players to your team. And based on who is in your team, you can have more actions and do more things through hashing or buying and selling uh, the currency. So I thought it was a fun game because, yes, you are playing as a group, but then there are um, what they call rumors. I also really enjoyed the element of rumors. So rumors are as you play, you hear a rumor about a certain certain cryptocurrency and that either increases its value or decreases its value. And some of those are visible for everyone to see. Some of them only you know, which I think is a nice element because it kind of relates to real life as well. Right. I think the volatility of cryptocurrency in real life and in the game is nicely paralleled i'm <laughs> from my very limited knowledge about cryptocurrency i from what i understand it it goes up and down in price pretty frequently compared to other types of investments or it's less um, predictive but again i don't know much about cryptocurrency <laughs> so i could be way off here Either way, in the game, it does add an element of surprise, and you can plan a little bit, but in the end, your currency that you invest into, the cryptocurrency you invest into, may end up being worth squat. Yeah, so actually, at the end of the game, Dustin and I both had the majority of cryptocurrency that we had left over ended up being the cryptocurrency that was a scam at the end of the game, um, so that kind of hurt us. <laughs> Um, but it was made for an interesting end of the game. And who won that game? I won that game. Oh, so maybe okay. I should invest in some <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Not after our conversation about what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should probably do a little more research before I do that. All right. So how can we use these games in class or in a different learning environment? I think obviously if you have a small session of students that you're tutoring or sharing an after-school program with or maybe they come by your class after school I think they're great games to just play and learn tangentially and kind of even give them the handout with the book and learn the concepts of the game and it through or learn the concepts of the economy through the concepts of the game or the mechanics in the game. Yeah, I think that's one of the big pluses of these games is that extra pamphlet because as a teacher, you have your own curriculum and I'm honestly not sure of the econ or math curriculums out there because uh, I never taught that subject. But as a teacher who 
might be in charge of teaching something like this or just wants to add it to your curriculum, it kind of already lines up the teaching points. So you can either elaborate or maybe do maybe do one point a day and kind of incorporate the game into it um, and slowly teach the game that way um, and then culminate by playing the game as a whole. I think that might be interesting as well. I guess, again, I really want to echo that point of what they did. And I think it, that a lot of a lot of other games would really benefit from doing something like this because as a teacher, we have to come up with how the game we use in class aligns with our teaching objectives. And if games or publishing companies or game designers are thinking about that use of their game in an educational setting, providing something like this to help teachers scaffold it into the classroom would be very, very beneficial. Yeah, they've done a lot of the work for you in that regard by giving us the description. So like, what is this concept that I'm trying to teach and how it relates to the game? So they really separate that neatly. Um, again, it does seem like it would be best for smaller groups. I guess with these games, because like cryptocurrency and Wangamania focus on a real life event and those events in real life take a lot of time so like going from recovery to growth takes years uh cryptocurrency over the years is always fluctuating that's why i see the added element of um every friday we're gonna spend a few minutes of continuing this long game um, would add to the f fact that this is a timed event so i see that being more ingrained in the students minds of like oh not just, yes, we'll still roll to see if we've come out of recovery, but also a week, which in a student's mind is a long time, has passed. And like, like, let's see where this can take us now. I mean, obviously, just one round might be a little too slow, um, but a couple of rounds and then continue the next week and give students a little bit of time to see what they want to do as teams with their money. I think that might be fun. I really like the idea of playing a game throughout the quarter or the semester and spacing it out. We did a podcast episode previously about why we should play games in schools. And I think doing something like this really helps to create moments with your students and develop student to student and student to teacher relationships that you wouldn't be able to develop without a game. I think I mean, you could do other things that help develop those relationships, but having a game, I think, helps create moments of camaraderie in the classroom. And one thing is, if you want to take it an extra step further, is like, let's say that once a week um, you play part of the game and one team is hit with an accident. Maybe that transfers over to something in your day-to-day -day activities or something like that. Obviously, that is a whole different ball game in terms of incorporating the game a little more deeply into your day-to-day -day activities. I don't know. I think these have a lot of potential in the classroom, especially even if it's just a one-time playthrough, one day of the class, if you're teaching it and teaching these concepts already and just 
maybe want to break out into smaller groups. For example, when I was teaching, I did a lot of power stations. This could be included. I mean, power stations are normally not supposed to take this long, but it could be a way of um, if students finish early or added to one of the power stations, maybe not the whole game added to the power station, but a certain I'd, portion of I it. I don't think you need to play the whole game to understand the different concepts. I right. mean, even just going through the economic cycle one time. Once, right. And really the game, I mean, it took us an hour to learn and play the game. I think now that we know how to play, it might just be a quick link on the box that says 30 minutes of gameplay. And it's quick to set up, so you don't really spend a lot of time like figuring out where all the components go. So I think as a game for a station, I think it would work actually pretty well. And really, if you have students that are ready to get to work and as soon as they get to their station, they might even be able to finish a full game before. <laughs> I mean, if you do like a 20-minute station, you could maybe be able to finish or come pretty close. Uh, maybe, yeah. I tended to make mine pretty short. Stations... Uh, I think at most, maybe a 10 minute station, but that was if there was maybe a video involved. Um, but it depends on the teacher. If you do longer stations, they might be able to finish it. And I think the students would really enjoy it, especially if it was already the topic of, um, well, it has to be the topic that you're teaching. Um, but definitely a good resource to have in your classroom, even for early finishers to have in the corner, days off, lunch breaks at least they're learning something <laughs> no i'm just saying because even if it's something you're not teaching and you have it in your uh, classroom library if and you have it in classroom library a student can pick it up and in order to learn to play the game they also need to kind of learn what these things mean um right. so if you just want it for your library classroom library that would work too all right, so that is Cryptocurrency Wonga Mania and a little bit about the games, a little bit about how maybe you can approach them and to use them in your class or your learning environment. Yes. Let us know what you think about this episode. Should we do this again? Did you enjoy it? I know I enjoyed having Grace on the show, like always. <laughs> All my ramblings about how to maybe incorporate this into your classroom. <laughs> well, I think... You did a good job. I'm not an econ teacher, but... <laughs> yeah, neither am I, but we both think I about mean, learning outcomes and know how that's important and can kind of consider how it could be used. And I mean, as an ESL teacher or English as a second language or language learner, you also want to teach different concepts. So um, our school really focused on not just teaching English, but teaching different subjects in the English. Um, so that could be part of your curriculum if you're teaching English as a second language. Right. So ESL or ELL, it's always the content approach that you could take with it too. Right. All right. Well, that's it for us. Grace, where can people find you if they really <laughs> want to reach out to you? I know you don't have a large social media presence. I have most of my social media presence is my family. <laughs> so I mainly use Facebook for family and keeping in touch. Uh, but definitely check me out, I guess, on LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yes. No, 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 no. That's too official. Uh, you can go follow me on Instagram. You, Instagram. you can follow me on Instagram. It's literally just Grace with Maury. G R A C E W I T H M O R Y. No, no Spaces. space, no nothing. One just one word. Um, and then you can see random pictures that I post once every now and then. You do some board game pictures every once in a while so i do i do all right grace thank you and we will see you all next time thank you for listening yes and i 10 out of 10 wanga mania and cryptocurrency for sure As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And before you go, don't forget to check out The Shores of Tripoli by Fort Circle Games. You can find that game right now on Kickstarter. Just go to kickstarter.com, search for The Shores of Tripoli, or just go to our show notes, click on the link, and it'll take you right to the page to back that game. It's a really cool one to two player historical board game. 45 to 60 minutes to play. It looks really awesome. Be sure to check it out. Again, Shores of Tripoli. Thank you for listening in this week. If you liked what you heard, be sure to let us know. You can find us on social media as Board Gaming with Education or BGE Games, or email us at podcast at boardgamingwitheducation.com. If you want to support our podcast, be sure to check out our support page on our website. As always, teach better, learn more, and most importantly, play more. Thank you for listening, and until next time.